It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 139 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. As always, Sean St. Jacques here with you to break down everything Knicks and NBA. Interesting episode this week. We're going to look back on All-Star Weekend. Um, Not a ton of storylines to get through, obviously. I mean... Other than that, I should say. I mean, we, we will get into the Kemba Walker news and things surrounding the Knicks going into the home stretch of a regular season that continues to be slipping through the fingertips of this Knicks organization. And uh, and we'll see. You know, we'll take a quick look around the league, give you a state of the league as well, heading into the second uh, stanza, if you will, of the season, really the home stretch. I mean, February is not necessarily the halfway point for the NBA season but it's the it's the signification that there's a big stretch coming up the NBA has returned already as we're recording the the uh, Pistons are playing the Cavs the Nets play the Celtics later on tonight and then the Knicks are back day the podcast is released big game at home against the surging Miami Heat who are looking like one of the contenders to potentially represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. We'll see. We will see how it goes. Phoenix and Golden State both in action as well on the Thursday the podcast is recorded. So the league returns, and we will see a little bit later on in the show where everybody's at and what we could be looking forward to as the season rumbles on. Let's start with the Knicks and the news about Kemba Walker that surfaced uh, I think just about a day or a day and a half ago, and uh, it's a uh, it's a really really uh, difficult situation 
to come up with. Um, it, it was a very, uh, it's a, it's a layered situation because there's a lot to talk about with the Knicks right now. You know, there's reports about Tibbs and the front office not getting along. Tom Thibodeau had to come out, uh, this week to the New York post and other media outlets saying that his relationship with, uh, worldwide West and the organization is fine. And, uh, and then of course there were the rumors that, uh, the Knicks didn't pursue Kemba Walker trade deals aggressively at the deadline. And now we see that Kemba Walker has agreed with the Knicks to sit out the rest of the season and try to get healthy. So it's been a disaster, really. If you look at the full scheme or full scope of the season with Kemba Walker, and I, and listen, I, I will, you know, I was one of the people, you know, I was one of the people that was, that was extremely excited by the move. Um, I, I'll still argue that the Evan Fournier move has made some sense. I mean, I think the Knicks have needed that scoring that he's provided, but I think the, the bottom line is the Kemba Walker move has been a total failure so far. I mean, there's no question about it. He has not been consistent when he's played when he has, uh, stepped out on the court. It hasn't been for long because then he'll get hurt or a new injury comes up or a recurring injury you know, slows him down. And those have been things that have really hindered the Knicks' progress this season. No question about it. The Knicks were hoping that Kemba Walker could be somebody that averaged around 15 points per game for this team. And he just hasn't been in the lineup enough to contribute those kind of numbers on a consistent basis. You know, and listen, I I know it hasn't been a total home run with Evan Fournier either. There's been problems, but at least he's been on the court. He's been contributing a lot more often and and Kemba Walker it's just been a situation where he can't stay on the court and the Knicks knew that when they brought him in but clearly things have not improved and it's not looking good for the future of Kemba Walker as a Nick and to be honest I, I give the Knicks a little bit of a pass for not looking at Kemba Walker deals aggressively who would want to take him on right now you know not many teams in the NBA would be willing to take a risk why would a contender take a risk there's better options out there and you know for a a team like an an okc who just got rid of him obviously (laughs) you know they're not going to take him back they know what he is teams in that position though they're not going to they're not going to take a flyer because it's not worth it at this stage in his career so the knicks have put themselves in a tough spot with kemba same old same old on that front very disappointing to see how this is turned and his season is done the knicks uh, will no longer have his services and i, I will I, I do want to say this i do want to say this kemba walker has been a great teammate kemba walker has been extremely extremely professional throughout this entire situation when he's been out, remember there was this, the thing earlier in the season, you know, between him and and Tibbs, whether or not he was going to play. Tibbs kept him out of the lineup. Kemba Walker was a phenomenal teammate on the sideline, from all indications, and that's during games. All indications in the locker room, he's been great. So, from the off the court stuff, he's been exactly what the Knicks wanted. But the problem is, you need the on the court stuff, or the off the court stuff doesn't matter in a lot of ways because you need to win this is a Knicks team that was built to win was built to match or improve on what they did a season ago and they're not going to do that so it's it's been very very difficult to see because Kemba Walker's a New York kid 
He was excited to come back. It was a lot of fanfare around his return to New York and to the Garden in particular, where he's had so many great memories from college and the pros. And it just hasn't worked out. His body has failed him. It's really tough to see that because I I thought it was going to be a, a phenomenal move for the Knicks that could have really put them a step closer to being a contender. And it's backfired. It has backfired. And the uh, at least year one of this experiment has, has gone up in flames here on February, uh, well, 24th as we record, 25th as you listen on the Friday. It's just been a, a really rough, rough few months here for Kemba Walker. And uh, again, I want to commend him because he's a pro's pro. He has handled it extremely well, been a phenomenal person and teammate throughout this, but it comes down to staying on the court and he was not able to hold up that end of the bargain. So the Knicks will have to move on, and it seems like Alec Burks will continue to get a lot of point guard minutes. I don't love that at all, to be honest. I don't. I know that he, you know Alec Burks gets a lot of support from the coaching staff. I think it, I think it hinders the Knicks' rotation in a massive way. I, I just don't think he's the right person for that. Uh, but the problem is the Knicks have nowhere else to turn. Emmanuel quickly has uh, really been inconsistent in his own role. So you can't expect him to be better, putting him in a point guard position for major minutes. It's not going to happen the way he's been playing this season. And then that's it. You know, Kemba was was really the only other option. And that's why I was extremely, extremely annoyed the Knicks did not address this at the trade deadline. With You know, again, the Knicks were very close to getting a Goran Dragic kind of player and didn't pull the trigger. And I think that that has uh, been a big reason why we see the Knicks slowly but surely uh, watching their season ebb away. Because they're not going to they're not gonna make the playoffs. The best they can hope for at this point is to make the play-in. And, and I, honestly, I don't think they're going to make the play-in either. I really don't. I don't think the Knicks are going to get in. Um, this is a story we've seen too many times before. And maybe the Knicks will get some big wins down the stretch. They've had a couple going into the all-star break most notably against golden state but the rest have have been you know playing well for a half and then blowing a 28 point lead like they did against brooklyn or throwing away a fourth quarter lead against the blazers or absolutely you know crapping the bed at the garden against insert mediocre team here so it's not going to happen they're not going to get in um i i i should say they're definitely not going to get into the playoffs. There's still a play-in chance, but they're not going to do it. I just don't think we're going to be seeing any postseason basketball from this Knicks team. And then we're going to have a lot of questions for Tibbs, uh, for Leon Rose, for Worldwide West, and this entire Knicks organization going into a pretty damn pivotal offseason where, I mean, anything could happen at this point anything could happen there's a lot of contracts that are very movable on this team um and there's a lot of guys that are expendable at the moment you know Kemba is one of them uh I mean Nerland's Noel I mean I remember you know really uh pushing the praise on him during last season and he's been another that that has earned a contract got a contract didn't feel like it was, you know, I think at one point he actually wanted a little bit more money. He thought he was worth more after signing that contract and, and thought about getting into it with the Knicks uh, legally. But then 
He's not even been worth what he's been given because he can't get on the court. You know, and of course, you know, the, the la- last year he had to fill in for an injured Mitchell Robinson. Well, now Mitchell Robinson's been able to stay relatively healthy for the most part. And now Nerland's Noel can't stay healthy. The, you know, the Knicks can't catch a break in the back, in, I should say, in the front court. They can't. So it's all been going against the Knicks these last, really the last month and a half, excuse me. But hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, looking back, you, you you wonder what the Knicks could have done differently during the offseason because Kemba Walker has not worked out. Not in the slightest, really. I mean, there, there were very, very small twinkles, you know, a couple glimpses, but not nearly enough to warrant what he was given in free agency. So, yeah, tough, tough one for the Knicks to swallow. It really, it really is. And uh, we'll have to see you know, what the future holds during the off season for Kemba and really a good chunk of this Knicks roster. It's going to come to that point because I just don't see a world where a lot of these guys stick around if it, if it goes the way I think it's going to go, which is the Knicks maybe get 30, 35 wins somewhere around there. Uh, maybe between 35 and 40, but it's tough to, it's tough to say, it's tough to say. And then again, you know, potential, you know, you know, worldwide West reportedly going behind Tibbs is back to the, to the ownership and saying, no, it's Tibbs. He's the problem. And then Tibbs having to come out and saying, well, you know, we're fine. It's okay. You know, we talked, you know, SNY reporting that, you know, those, those secret conversations between Wes uh, and Dolan and then Tibbs having to say on Wednesday, you know, we talk all the time, me and Wes, and I know the drill. We've been here before and not worried about it. It's, it's not good to hear. Because where there's smoke, there's fire, and I, I just don't know if it's uh, if it's going to end well here. It doesn't feel like it is. It really doesn't. So I'm I'll be very curious uh, how these next few months play out. But and we'll talk about it. <laughs> we will we will certainly discuss it. But I just I really I go back and um I I worry. Because I, I just don't know if this is going to end well for Tibbs. I don't think it's going to end well uh, long term for the front office. I mean, listen, Tibbs would go first in a situation where the Knicks clean house. I think part of this uh, strategy from Worldwide West is to cover his ass and to cover the ass of Leon Rose and that whole structure in the front office, Scott Perry, you name it. But I, I, Tibbs would be the first to go. And then at some point, I think the Dolans are going to have to potentially uh, move on from this front office. And it's, it's tough because we had so many, so much promise from last season. And and all of a sudden this, uh, this is blown up big time in the Knicks face. So, and the schedule doesn't get easier by the way. Uh, You know, this was a, this was a deal where the Knicks schedule going into the all-star break felt like opportunities for the Knicks to get back in to the playoff hunt. And instead of that, they dug themselves a bigger hole. And now when you look at the schedule coming out of the all-star break, I mean, it's more brutal than what it was going in to the all-star break. I mean, it really is. And again, the Knicks have won, uh, what is it, two of their last nine Two of their last, uh, I guess it'd actually be, if you want to go back to late January, 
It's uh, it's actually two of their last 14 the Knicks have won. So it's been brutal. It's been brutal. The Knicks had Golden State, which they won, by the way. Portland, OKC, Brooklyn going into the All-Star break. All games they could have won. Brooklyn was depleted. OKC stinks. Portland's depleted. The Knicks lost all three games. And the first eight coming, or first nine, really, coming out of the break are a gauntlet. The Knicks have Miami tomorrow, or when you listen to the podcast on the Friday. They've got a home-and-home with Philly. And then the Knicks go, including that Philly game, on a seven-game road trip. Philly, Phoenix, Clippers, Kings, Mavs, Memphis, Brooklyn. That is a brutal stretch where I don't know if the Knicks get a win. I really don't. I really don't. It's going to be really rough. Then the Knicks have four at home. Portland, Washington, Utah, Atlanta. And that Atlanta game just became a whole lot bigger. If you're talking play-in now for the Knicks. Charlotte, Miami, Detroit, all on the road. Chicago and Charlotte at home. And then you're in the month of April and there's only five games left. That's a tough stretch. For a Knicks team that's Again, doesn't have R.J. Barrett, waiting for him to come back. And even with R.J. Barrett, they're inconsistent. They can't beat anybody. On any given night, you don't know which Knicks team's going to show up. Is it going to be the one that came down from came back from 25 to beat Boston and will fight, fight you till the end? Or the one that blew the 28-point lead to Brooklyn, who weren't even close to being at full strength. You just have no idea. You have no idea what kind of fight they're going to have, what kind of energy they're going to have. And that's with with R.J. Barrett. They don't even have R.J. Barrett now for a little while, it seems. And now Kemba's done for the year. He's sitting out, as we've discussed. Man, oh man. It is going to be brutal. It's going to be tough to watch. So we'll see. We'll see. I hate to say it, you know. I, I said this a few weeks ago when I when I kind of predicted that this all would happen, but we have we might have to start talking draft around here to keep you guys interested. I mean, I I hate to say that, you know. As much as I love talking draft, I, I'd rather talk draft later. You know, there should be important basketball games going on, and and listen, mathematically, the Knicks are in it. You know, I, let me be very clear. Looking at the standings earlier, I mean, the Knicks are not in good shape. But the Knicks could conceivably get into the play-in. I, I just don't... I hold no hope. I mean, why would you? The Knicks right now are three and a half back of of Atlanta for the final play-in spot. And they're two and a half back of Washington who were just outside the play-in. So they're not out of it. But I, I mean, what what money would you bet on that the Knicks could could get in? I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. It's a uh, a really, really tough time right now for the Knicks. No question. Knicks are nine games below 500. Nine games under at the uh, at the All-Star break. I mean, it's just, it's as bad as it gets. It's as bad as it gets for, for what it, for, for a team that should have been, in my opinion, this season comfortably in 
the play-in playoff talk comfortably. Like we, in my opinion, worst case scenario would have been the six or the or the seven spot for this next team pre preseason, but it's totally fallen apart. And now we have to see how this next team plans on picking up some of the pieces if they if they plan on doing that. <laughs> but for right now, it's brutal. It's brutal. And again, the the tough part really is the schedule. It doesn't get easier for the Knicks at all in the second part of this, this this home stretch run at the end of the season. It really doesn't. If anything, it's tougher. And I, and I don't think this Knicks team is going to be ready for it. Not with Alec Burks at point guard and no R.J. Barrett. I, I mean, how can you expect the Knicks to win any games? I, it's just not going to happen. So... We'll see. I mean, let me know what you guys think. As always, at SJ7 on Twitter is the best place to go to hit me up. Or you can go into the comments section, postingandtoasting.com. Uh, in the comments section, underneath the Shock Shock Knicks podcast logo, uh, that's the best place there to hit me up because I'll, I'll, I'll get a chance to uh, potentially respond. Just because, again, you guys know my situation. I've talked about it at nauseum on this podcast. Just because of the amount of things I have to do for work, I don't always get the chance to respond, especially on on the website. But on Twitter, again, if you hit me up on Twitter, whether it's a DM I get from some of you guys or or responding to the podcast itself or whatever, um, those are, that's the best place to get me is Twitter. That's the best place. You can, I mean, there's been multiple times over the last few weeks where I've had people hit me up on Twitter and I've been able to get back to them within, uh, you know, within the end of the day. Not not to <laughs> not to make it like a work th- sounding thing, but it just it's just the way it is. It's how I have to operate for for the multiple things I do. So uh, I appreciate you guys bearing with me on things like that. All right, let me take a break here. When we come back, we'll celebrate Obi Toppin's slam dunk victory. We'll talk about if the slam dunk contest is dead. That came up again after this year's slam dunk and three point shootout. The latest going on with Brooklyn as they continue to have some problems and what the NBA is looking like going into the home stretch of the regular season. All of that and more is next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's start with Brooklyn here. Second half of the show, we're diving right back in. I think we have to start with the Nets. And the Nets situation uh, is is continuing to be juicier and juicier 
uh, by the moment. I mean, there's been uh, a few reports coming out today talking about the Seth Curry-Ben Simmons relationship uh, because of Danny Green's comments this week, uh, basically saying, um, well, hold on, let me, you know what, before we do the, uh, before we do the Danny Green stuff, before we do, (laughs) before we do the Danny Green stuff, let me, uh, let me, well, I guess, here's what we'll do, here's what we'll do, we'll say what Danny Green said first, (laughs) and then we'll say, We'll get into what Seth Curry responded with. So Danny Green, I guess, was on his own podcast inside the green room. Um, and I guess it was... Actually, I, I par- pardon me. I think it was actually Dave Early who made the comments. And he's of the Liberty Ballers, who I'm not familiar with. Um, relayed the comments to Green, to Danny Green basically on this inside the green room podcast basically and the comments were quote interesting dynamic of how things went down interesting dynamic of who went with him i don't know i haven't got a chance to talk to those guys yet and this is danny green um but i know they weren't on the most cordial terms when he was in philly with seth curry and andre drummond so i wonder how that relationship is now end quote just to clear that up, that's Danny Green's thoughts from Dave Early on this Inside the Green Room podcast. Basically, the, the bottom line is this. Danny Green, from being a teammates with them, wasn't sure how the dynamic was going to work in Brooklyn between Drummond, Curry, and Simmons because it wasn't great in Philly. Seth Curry talked to ESPN's uh, Nick Friedel and said, quote, the relationship was fine. He wasn't around. So I don't know what Green meant by that. Wasn't cordial, quote unquote. I don't know what that means, but the relationship was fine. He just wasn't around. So we didn't see him a lot or we didn't talk a lot. But as far as now, he's on my team. I went to battle with him last year. We did a lot of good stuff and I'm going to war with him. I'm going to war with who I'm going to war with and who's on my team. So I'm looking forward to getting back out there with him and doing good stuff, and quote. It's just more more Brooklyn uh, intrigue around the relationships. It's such a wild situation. Um, first and foremost, by the way, because of the fact that, you know, Kyrie Irving is still only playing half the season. Now, the, the mayor of New York, the newly elected mayor of New York, came out yesterday on Wednesday and said that he's hoping to remove the COVID restrictions in New York as soon as possible, but he's getting word every day from his, uh, from the medical team and the science, the facts that, uh, and the statistics that he shouldn't do so yet. So some were leading, you know, from, from that and saying that, well, maybe Kyrie won't have to wait too long to, to get back on the court. My two cents on that is, that doesn't mean the restrictions will be gone next week or even a month from now. He's the mayor wants to lift the the restrictions and fair enough. I I would love that to happen, but I just don't know when that's going to happen. The mayor doesn't know when that's going to happen. So the Nets still have that on their plate. And then, you know, Kevin Durant won't tell anybody publicly what his situation is with his injury. So we don't know what's going on there. And, we wait to see, I guess, when Ben Simmons is actually going to play. 
So, and this is why it's intriguing, right? It'd be intriguing, or sorry, I should say, it wouldn't be as intriguing if the Nets were second or third in the East, right? And they were safely in the top six, and there's nothing wrong, they'll be fine. They're two and a half games out of sixth, and they are currently sitting in what would be an 8-9 play-in at home against Charlotte. Now, to be fair, the Nets have a lot of time to get this right, but the, but Brooklyn's lost eight of their last 10 and are now below 500 at home this season. They're three games above 500. So the Nets are in a little bit of trouble, which is why this is intriguing. You know, it's why all, with everything going on, you start to wonder, is Brooklyn's season starting to get away from them a little bit here? This has been a really bad stretch. The only bright spot was that 28-point comeback against the Knicks. That's really been it. That's really been it. But Brooklyn's been in really bad shape, and you start to wonder now with everything piling up and these little tit-for-tats going on and people questioning relationships and are they going to actually be cohesive how's the team gonna look when they actually get together they haven't been together all year they had to trade james harden for ben simmons is ben simmons actually gonna work with what they want to do how is steve nash even gonna use him on this team so there's a lot there's a lot here and brooklyn need to figure it out because they're nowhere near being safe into the playoffs i mean i don't think this would happen the Wizards are only three and a half back of Brooklyn right now. You know, I mean, the Knicks, you know, I can't put the Knicks in that conversation again. Knicks are six back of Brooklyn. But the, the Wizards are not, I mean, they're not out of it yet. They're really not. So the Nets are not going to miss out on the play. And I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, hey, you're not safe right now, Brooklyn. You're not. It's not exactly... It's not exactly a comfortable spot for the Nets at the moment. And then all this off the court stuff. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. They need, they need a Kyrie back. They need a full Kyrie back so badly, Brooklyn. But that's on Kyrie. I mean, we said this was going to happen. We said this was going to happen. Now, one thing that I remember saying during the preseason that hasn't worked out is I thought at some point Kyrie would wake up and just get the vaccine he still hasn't done it and because kevin durant's been hurt the nets have slowly but surely put themselves in a bad spot here in the east where they have to really work for it here over the last month or two they've really got to get themselves in gear because by the time we get to april if they're still in and around the six seven and eight spots we're talking legitimate trouble here potentially for the nets because miami will be looking for blood chicago's feeling good about themselves right now and they're almost unbeatable at home philly with james harden and philly's recovered philly was in this spot a few months ago they've recovered and then cleveland the upstarts and then the champs milwaukee and then we'll see about, you know, the Torontos, the Bostons, and the Atlantas, but and the Charlottes. But Brooklyn. I again I picked the Nets preseason to figure this out and win the title. I did. And again, they might be able to click and figure it out, but they're running out of time, Brooklyn. They really legitimately 
are running out of time. And I didn't expect to say that in late February here. But the the, the Nets are running low on, on time. This is getting to the point where they've got to seriously consider where they're sitting right now in the Eastern Conference. So it's fascinating to me. I mean, it's it's one of those things. I have Nets fans, uh, friends, texting me almost every other day, seriously concerned about what's going to happen. Most of them seem to be okay with the deal, with the Ben Simmons-James Harden deal. But I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a text from somebody that said, oh my God, I just want to see them play together. I just got to see them on the court. To know this is going to work. You know? I, I don't blame them. It, it's it's not quite, you know, as they say across the pond, squeaky bum time. You know, sitting on your hands time, if you will. But we're getting close. I mean, if, if we're sitting here two podcasts from now, right? We'll record next next time we record. It'll be March, by the way. Third and the 10th. If we're on, if it's March 10th, and we're still talking about this, and the mask, or I should say, the COVID mandate still stand, and Kyrie can't come back for home games, this gets very, very, very difficult for the Nets. It really does. Because now you you're you've got you got a month left. <laughs> at that point, you got a month to figure it out. That's it. There's only five, six games for most teams in April. And then it's playoff times. Playoff games are coming after that. Play-in games, then playoff games. So, man, oh, man. I mean, it's funny because this is what the Lakers dealt with last year to a certain extent. Not, Not exactly the same situation, but they had to deal with playing in that seven seed after dealing with the play-in and they got they got thoroughly thrashed by the phoenix suns in the first round of the playoffs despite chris paul being hurt remember one point we're thinking oh boy are the lakers going to get back into this series with chris paul hurt and they still got rolled over so you you got to be right you got to be ready you got to come correct for the playoffs especially now because the east is deeper than the west the East is a lot deeper this year than the West is. So, it, we'll see. Man, oh man, the Nets. Goodness. We'll have to wait and see on where they're going to be. Quick recap of All-Star Saturday night in the All-Star game. Um, uh, the Skills Challenge. I think I got this wrong, actually. I actually forgot to watch it. Um, I believe... Uh, didn't the team, didn't the rookies win it? Wasn't it the rookies? I might have the wrong, uh, oh, I think I've got the wrong thing up here. I thought I had the, uh, <laughs> I thought I had the winners of all the challenges, but, uh, let me see if I can find the recap. I thought the rookies won the, the skills challenge, but, uh, I could be, I could be wrong. Um, but basically, listen, Team LeBron, as I expected, um, Team LeBron won the All-Star game. He just drafted better. You know, it, it always seems... I mean, you know, Team Durant made it close. They were never going to win. Uh, it's always... Team LeBron always seems to draft better. LeBron just drafts better. And that was that. 
you know, that was that. And um, it was one of those things. Where, you know, Steph Curry wins the MVP for the All-Star game. Congratulations. He was he was shooting them up from, from, uh, from Akron, you know. So he was, oh my God, he was making absolute bombs from all over the court. It was really impressive to watch. But it, other than that, you know, the All-Star game was kind of, you know, not that great. To be honest, it's a middle of the road All Star, you know, festivities in sports. The NBA All Star Game, um, All Star Saturday Night was a lot more fun, as it always is. Um, the uh, the three point shootout was tremendous. Carl Anthony Towns stole the show and ended up winning the whole darn thing. It was really really impressive and that's why you know you heard people talking about how the dunk contest is dead obi toppin did win the dunk contest so congratulations to him he had two really good dunks i think we we are i think we are being a little harsh on obi toppin he had two really good dunks the dunk that won it where he went between the legs and then slapped it slapped the ball off the backboard and dunked it he just didn't dunk it hard enough and that's why Everyone was like, uh, eh, you know, whatever. That was impressive. That was a really good dunk. And then the other one where he went, he jumped over someone and went behind the back and dunked it. That was also very impressive. So Obi Toppin was the clear winner. He had the two best dunks of the night. I thought Jalen Green was a little hard done by in the first round. He had a really good dunk and then just couldn't get the second one, if I remember correctly, to go down. So he was eliminated because of that. And Cole Anthony on the Tims. That was a good dunk as well, wearing uh, his father Greg's uh, jersey. That was great uh, as well. I I honestly thought Juan Toscano-Anderson was extremely underwhelming. I think he had one okay dunk and just got lucky he put the second dunk down to get into the final because the rest of his his showing was pretty mediocre as I expected. I I wasn't really thinking that he was going to do that well. And uh, he got to the final... He got to the finals, but he was clearly outmatched. And Obi Toppin made him raise his game. And uh, in the end, in the end, uh, Obi Toppin was the clear winner. Now, let me be very clear, right? Let me be very clear. Um, the The slam dunk was not one of the best in recent years. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to defend the dunk contest to that extent because it, it you know, it was a bit of a letdown overall, and part of that was the field. Again, Cole Anthony's a decent dunker, but you could have done a lot better than Cole Anthony. And Juan Toscano-Anderson is played it too safe. You know, he was kind of supposed to be the dark horse that kind of came in at the last minute and maybe could show show you something. He played it too safe, I thought, especially in the first round. But then he realized that he wasn't going to win unless he went hard at the end. And he, wait, he waited too long. And by the time he got to the end, he was already going to lose. So he went, then he went for the ridiculously hard dunk and it never went down. So he, he didn't play it very well. And and that was that. That was that. So Jalen Green, Obi Toppin would have been a much better final. Because if, if you guys saw the dunk contest, Jalen Green's first dunk was tremendous it was very very good so i'm thinking oh boy if jalen green can match obi top in here we might have another zach levine aaron gordon on our hands it didn't work out that way so i i admit it was very underwhelming but to say it was to say it's dead i mean we, people say the dunk contest is dead every other year 
Every other year when it doesn't live up to the hype, it's dead. The three-point shootout was nice. It was good. It was good. Carl Anthony Towns stole the show. He totally came out of nowhere and won it. Fair play. Fair play. He's a Jersey guy. I'm happy for him. I'm a Jersey guy. Congratulations. But, in my opinion, as someone who loves All-Star Saturday Night and loves the dunk contest, three-point shootout will never eclipse the dunk contest. It just won't. It, it, it won't it won't happen you know unless the dunk contest turns into like the pro bowl no one's really trying okay maybe but that didn't happen there were some good dunks i, I think obi toppin man give obi toppin some credit people those are some good dunks and the last dunk was an all-star saturday night first you'd never seen that dunk in the dunk contest and the, for the court of public opinion to say, well, you know, he didn't dunk it hard enough. Give me a break. That was a great dunk. That was a 50 dunk. So, I, yeah, not having that. Not having that one bit. But I get it. This particular year, it, it was the three-point shootout over the dunk contest. But it's it, the dunk contest is always going to be the highlight. It's always going to be the highlight. The, the, uh, the leading man, if you will. It's going to always be what everyone wants to watch. So it, it is what it is. We've been here before when the dunk contest hasn't been good and it just takes one year for it to be good again and it's back. So like, I, I just, let's give Obi Toppin some credit. I'm thrilled for him. He got, I thought he got robbed last year. You know, I, he was robbed blind by Anthony Simons last year. So I'm very happy that Obi Toppin wanted he's the fifth well he's the third different nick fifth time the knicks have won the dunk contest remember nate robinson i think three peated or won three at least and then uh was it kenny skywalker i think it was kenny skywalker who was the other nick that won it as well so there you go it's a uh yeah yeah kenny walker so those are the those are the three Knicks have won it five times and uh, have a stranglehold, it seems, over the uh, <laughs> over the dunk contest. Oh, and and I was actually wrong. It was the uh, Team Cavs, who I actually picked, I believe. I think I picked... I, th- I think I picked them. No, I picked Team Giannis. I picked Team Giannis. I made a mistake there. So actually, I... Because I don't think I picked Obi Toppin. I think I picked Jalen Green. So besides picking Team LeBron to win the All-Star game, I went one for... F- one for four yikes not good not good on my part at all so well it is what it is another another uh another all-star saturday night comes and goes overall i i enjoyed the night i just i agree i, I think the all-star dunk contest was a little underwhelming but obi toppin was the clear winner and uh, luckily he was able to get his just to, uh, just due this time because he got he got robbed a season ago no question about it Really quick, before we go uh, this week, just a couple quick notes around the league that I do want to mention. Because um, to be honest, the West, I mean, we kind of know what's going on in the West. Lakers are in trouble. Portland's trying to fend off the the, the, the Spurs for the final play-in spot. Minnesota surprised everybody, and they've moved up to the seven spot. They're actually clo- trying to close in on Denver for the final playoff spot. And then the top four are the top four. You know, Phoenix and Golden State are the two best teams in the league memphis is right behind them and then i'd say utah 
is that fourth team, and then we'll see what what Denver and Dallas can bring to the table. Clippers have been you know injured all year. Hard to hard to see what's going to happen with them and the Lakers. Are they going to be able to figure it out? That you know what? No one's talked about with the Lakers real quick before I dive uh, into the East and wrap things up. The Lakers are nine and eighteen away from the whatever that what is it called crypto.com arena they're outside of their home arena for home games they're 9 and 18 that's the problem the lakers can't win away from home they're 18 and 13 at home that that's that's going to be enough to make the playoffs at that clip that's going to get it done 9 and 18 away from home that's one of the worst records in the west I mean, that's that's the issue. If you want to go a little bit deeper into it. Lakers away from home. Yikes. Nine games under 500. That's a big problem. But in the East, there's there's seven or eight teams that can get out of the East. It feels like that. Now, the contenders, there's there's probably three. Probably three. I'd say the Bucks, the Sixers in the Heat, and then the Bulls just behind them, I would say. And then the Nets, who knows, but... Let's say, you know, fully fully constituted. There's probably four. I, I would throw Brooklyn in there. But if Brooklyn's in a bad spot, you know, come playoff time, you can't count them. They're going to have to go through a gauntlet in the East. I'm just curious now with the Philly-Brooklyn trade. I wonder if Philly just kind of goes on here and wins the East. I'm really curious now if that's going to happen. I could see it. it, it you know, if I had to put money down, I would be between the Heat and the Sixers right now coming out of the east it really it really for, for me feels like it's going to come down to those two teams that's what it feels like right now so we'll see we'll see if atlanta can get back into it we'll see if a minor miracle happens and the knicks get back into it i don't see it happening but that's where i'm looking in the east i don't know if the celtics will do anything in the playoffs but they've they picked it up celtics have picked it up these last couple weeks as have the the raptors by the way so I was wrong there that those two teams have been able to uh, to kind of figure it out. So and so far, you know, Ime Yudoka has done very well since that slow start. So fair play, fair play to the Celtics. We'll see if they can hold on and get into the playoffs. If not, they'll probably get into the play-in, and we'll see if they can improve on what happened with them in the play-in last year. So and then they lost to Bro- uh, to Brooklyn in the first round. So we'll see, we'll see. Again, let me know what you think about the NBA going into the. The home stretch, but I think for right now, I think there's two in the East and two in the West that are the favorites. I think you look at Philly and Miami with you know the the Bulls, Bucks, and Nets if they get healthy, lurking, and then in the in the West, it, it really is Phoenix and Golden State, and then we wait to see if uh, if Memphis and if Utah can make some noise in the playoffs, and then below that, will Dallas and Denver get it together? We'll have to see. But that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Thank you all, as always, for listening to the show. Uh, I really appreciate it. You guys, again, through everything that's gone on these last few years, we're almost two years to the day that the pandemic started. So you guys have listed, listened loyally throughout, so it's much appreciated. Have a great week, and I will see you all next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network.